Great to have you here this morning. Welcome to Elevate Church on this Easter Sunday. Now, I know it's not breaking news to most of you that today is called Easter Sunday, but uh, you might not be aware that today is also referred in some circles as Resurrection Sunday. Now, resurrection, it's kind of a churchy word. I'm not sure how many of you have used that in a sentence in the last week or two. I'm not sure how many of you have ever witnessed a resurrection. Resurrection means coming back from the dead. Anyone been at a funeral where you're just about to lay the cask in the ground and you hear a knock and a... <laughs> this is the part where the Monty Python fans are begging me to say, I'm not dead yet, but I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Has anyone ever witnessed the resurrection just out of curiosity? They're not very common. I've witnessed one. When I was 14 years old, I witnessed my very first and only, uh, only resurrection. Um, my family and I went for, uh, during the school break, uh, to um, our friend's farm in Wongan Hills, Wheatbelt area. And uh, the boys, I had a couple of boys, me and my brother's age, and so one night we went out roo shooting. Now, those of you listening to the podcast in countries other than Australia understand we consider kangaroos as pests. Anyway, you shoot a roo. Yep. So we had a roo shooting. Get the ute. You know, it's all, it was the ultimate stereotype. There was a ute. There was guns. There was boys. And, uh, and the only person in the cab was the driver because it's much more fun on the back of the ute going over the, the, the paddocks looking for roos. Pitch black because there's no street lights out in the middle of the paddocks in the middle of the country. And uh, we had a little, uh, not little, it was friggin' phenomenal, uh, spotlight looking for the roos. Now, I'd never shot even so much as a BB gun before. And at the age of 14, my highly irresponsible friends said, Mark, why don't you have a go? And I, being a highly irresponsible 14-year-old, said, sure. So they gave me a 22 calibre rifle. I never even held one. Is this loaded? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I got that. And, and, and I'm standing on the back of the, the ute, hoping the gun was pointing in, like had, I was holding the right end and I had no idea. And, and they saw a roo. And so the light is about, I don't know, 60, 70 metres away. They're following it with the light and I'm following it like this with the gun. And they're going, shoot, shoot. And I'm like, shoot, it's nearly out of range. Poof, dropped that thing in its tracks one shot, first and only time I'd ever shot a gun. Boom, Rue, dead. I think I got a knack for this. So now you don't shoot the Rue's for no reason. They were now tomorrow evening's barbecue dinner. So we had to go and fetch the Rue. So four of us lads, teenage boys go out and we find this Rue. And the Rue, we're walking in, the Rue's lying facing that way, legs akimbo, big tail. Woke up to them, they said, well, Mark, because you, you shot it, you, you should be, a, you know, drag it back. Just grab it by the tail. You should be the one that gets the honour of dragging it back. I'm feeling pretty cocky. I bend down. This roux flips over, stands up. I had disaster pants. And off it went. It's 
my first and only resurrection <laughs> that I've experienced. Now, obviously today we're not talking about the resurrection of the ruse. We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus and that little animated video clip, the guy walks into the coffee shop and, and starts, you know, hating on his friend for reading the Bible and you don't actually believe that stuff, like, you know, that fairy tale. And I'm aware that some of you have come here as a guest of, of somebody or maybe you've just rolled in off the street and maybe you are right now still thinking that this is a fairy tale, that Jesus actually was a son of God, that's pretty far-fetched, came to earth as a human, also quite difficult to believe, died on a cross. Well, people died on a cross all the time back then, so that bit's probably the easiest bit to believe. Was put in a tomb, that's pretty standard, but then actually came out of the tomb. That sounds also pretty far-fetched because dead people don't come back to life, statistically speaking. And what I could do and, and, and what I've done in Easter's gone by and, and probably will in the future is I could try to spend the next 20 minutes telling you about the story and trying to convince you that it's true. However, this year, I wanna do something a little bit different. I want us just to assume, just humour me, assume that the story of Jesus' resurrection, that a guy was nailed to a cross on Friday, buried in a tomb, sealed by a Roman guard who then stood guard at the face of that tomb on Sunday, somehow miraculously got out of there alive. Can we just assume, just, just, just humour me, assume that's true. And, and so rather than ask the question of what happened around the Easter weekend, I wanna ask a different question. I wanna ask the question, so what? I mean, okay, it's a pretty impressive party trick coming back from the dead, right? Everyone's like, yeah, I think my card trick can wait. Can't top that one. Pretty good. But apart from being impressive, apart from maybe being a little bit entertaining, apart from maybe having some historical significance, this doesn't happen every day, coming back from the dead. So what? Why does this even matter? And to do that, I wanna actually unpack another resurrection story. See, Jesus' own resurrection wasn't His first rodeo. He was actually involved in a resurrection prior to His own death and resurrection. I wanna unpack that story with you this morning. So we're gonna put that story up on the screens as we go. It was recorded by one of Jesus' followers. It was actually an eyewitness account of something that happened in Jesus' lifetime. And here it goes. A man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, now Jesus knew them, okay? So... They sent word to Jesus, the sister's master, the one you love, Lazarus, so very much is sick. And when Jesus got the message, He said, the sickness isn't fatal, meaning He's not gonna die, okay? People get sick, but this is not gonna take Him out. It'll become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's Son. So, so Jesus is somewhere else from where Lazarus is sick. Lazarus's sisters go to Jesus, go looking for Him, find Him, say, can you come back to Lazarus? You love Him, He's sick, He needs your help. You'd expect that Jesus was gonna say, sure, I'm, I'm, there, I'm there, let's go. But actually what Jesus did is He waited another two days before He even got 
busy heading to where Lazarus was. Lazarus' sisters were freaking out and Jesus was hanging out. Didn't make any sense then. Probably to many people doesn't make sense now. We actually taught a message from this passage in a series we call The Expectation Gap. And, and, and the, mis- the message from this particular story was called How to Respond When God Doesn't Meet Your Expectations. Now, every week we do a slide deck like the one today and we put that slide deck up into a platform called SlideShare. It's owned by LinkedIn. Every week our slide decks get about, I don't know, between 50 to 200 views, okay? Now, you know, is that a lot? Well, here's the thing. The week that we taught on how to respond when God doesn't meet your expectations is currently at 2,100 views and climbing. It's our greatest hit. Seems to me a lot of people wanna know how to respond when God doesn't meet your expectations because here's the thing, God doesn't always meet our expectations. Two days later, after Mary and Martha had gone to Jesus, freaking out, he's hanging out. Two days later, he then decides, all right, I'll go now. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary (laughs) stayed at home. You can insert in there, Mary, very pissed off, (laughs) stayed at home. Okay, they don't put it in there because it's not, not, you can't say that in church. <laughs> Can any of you identify with Mary? Have any of you, even if you don't even believe the resurrection story, maybe have been caught in turbulent air travel and decided to pray to God? <laughs> no point praying to the pilot, he don't control the weather. He was doing the best he could, but right now he's freaking out just as much as you are. God, if you get me back on the ground in one piece, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Bullshit. Um, Can't say that in church either. But have you ever, you know, you've been in such a, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, been in such a desperate situation that you just cried out, God, if you exist, Can you help me restore this relationship? If you exist, can you help get me out of this financial situation? If you exist, can you help me get healed from this doctor's report that I just received? And he didn't respond when, where, and how you wanted him to. You could identify with Mary. Jesus is coming, good. I'm not going out to see him because it didn't, Seemed like he came to meet me when I needed him most. But Martha did. So what did Martha know that Mary didn't know? Well, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And the reason that John recorded that that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days specifically is because in that society, they believed that the spirit would kind of hover above the body like the dude's dead, but the spirit, who, who, which is who we really are, would hover above the body for three days, just in case they started feeling better again. <laughs> just in case they weren't really fully dead, three days. But at the third day, the spirit's 
gone. Three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No, this was Monday. Lazarus wasn't dead. He was dead, dead. Jesus already said that He's gonna use this as an opportunity to, to show God's glory. If Jesus had come on the third day, it would have been like, how do we know it was you? And it, or, or He just felt better because the Spirit was there. But no, the Spirit's gone. Lazarus' Spirit's gone. He's dead, D-E-D, dead. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, this is the not pissed off one, right? But she's still not thrilled. If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now notice she didn't say, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have got sick in the first place. She didn't say that because she actually understood how this following Jesus thing works. And we regularly remind our people here at Elevate that it's a myth that if you choose to follow Jesus, that every single waking and sleeping moment for the rest of your days here on earth will be smooth sailing. If anyone ever tells you that, kick him in the nuts because they're lying. It's simply not true. See, she didn't say if you'd been here, Lazarus wouldn't have got sick because she understood that even people that follow Jesus get sick. The value proposition isn't that you won't get sick. I'm not here to tell you that if you follow Jesus or if you decide to follow Jesus today, and we're gonna give you an opportunity to make that decision, I'm not here to tell you you'll never grow old. Your hair will never fall out. You can eat countless Easter eggs and never put on a single kilogram. I'm not telling you that. That's not what Jesus promised. I can't promise you you won't ever lose your job, that your friends will never betray, but betray you. I can't even promise you that your kids will do all of their chores all of the time, just how you ask them to, just when you ask them to. And they'll say, when they finished, mommy and daddy, is there anything else you'd like help with? <laughs> Jesus never promised that. He's a God of some miracles, but there's certain things that are beyond His power, okay? But at this point in the story, for Lazarus, for Mary, for Martha, there is a big but. And I'm here to tell you that when it comes to God and Him doing things His way, I like big buts and I cannot lie. Easter, this story about Lazarus, which foreshadowed Jesus' story, is a reminder that God's delays are not always God's denials. They asked Jesus before Lazarus died just to come and, and help make him well, which they would have been pretty appreciative of. But not only didn't He do that, he actually allowed him to die. Seemed like a denial. <laughs> so preparing for today, I went a bit old school. I dusted this bad boy off. It's the Bible. Now, it's not that I never read the Bible. That's why I had to dust it off. It's, I, I, I now read the Bible app, okay? I don't, always, I don't always leave home with my Bible, but I never leave home without my iPhone. So I always leave home with my Bible which by the way, we're about to launch in a few weeks time, our own Elevate app, which will have the Bible baked into it. So you'll never even have to leave home without the Elevate app. 
So I got the Bible out, this Bible, and, uh, and was reading the story. And it occurred to me that everything that happened up to this point in the story happened on page 907. All the bad stuff. Jesus not meeting Mary and Martha's expectations, Lazarus getting sick in the first place, now Lazarus is dying. All of that stuff happened on page 907 in my Bible. Mary's depressed, Martha's confused. But then I turned to page two, 908 and I read this. Martha says, even now, even now while my brother's dead, I know that whatever you ask God, He'll give you. What changed? What changed between Martha being confused to now Martha being full of faith that anything Jesus asks His Father, His Father will give Him? What changed? I'll tell you what changed. Jesus arrived. She waited long enough for Jesus to show up and Jesus showed up. And when Jesus shows up, everything changes. You think it's just when your mother-in-law shows up that everything changes? No. The only additional puzzle piece to cause Martha to rise up in faith and say, even now I know whatever you ask God will give you is that Jesus had arrived. And Jesus said to her, your brother Lazarus, the dead one will rise again. And Martha gave, she gave the churchy answer. Oh yeah, sure. I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last days. That's the churchy answer. That's the religious answer. That's the answer you learn in Sunday school. And Jesus said, okay. But but let me drill a little bit deeper for you here, sweetheart. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And from that setting, Jesus went over to the tomb, said, Oi, Lazarus, he's dead. Come out. And Lazarus, came out wearing his burial clothes, looking for a refund. Won't be needing these anymore. Because here's the thing. Jesus loves to have the last word. Jesus loves to have the last word, not your circumstances, Jesus. Not your boss, Jesus. Not your bank balance, not your doctor's report, not your cynical dream crushing family member that you're about to go and have lunch with, that everything you tell them that God's doing in your life and speaking to you about the future and vision and promise, they just go, eye roll emoji. They don't get to have the last word. Jesus has the last word. Death was not the last word. If you had been here, Jesus, my brother wouldn't have died. That wasn't the last word. We talk about Easter Sunday as being, uh, remembering the time when Jesus conquered His own death. I'm showing you a story where Jesus also 
had the power, had the last word over someone else's death. And here's the thing, if you've got power over someone else's death, if you've got power over your own death, surely, because by the way, those things are meant to be the end of the story, right? Surely you've got power over anything else because nothing else is fatal. Death's fatal. Statistically, 100% fatality. Sorry about that. Bring the mood down. But here's the thing. Jesus, He said, even if you die, you will not die. Those who believe in me will never die because Jesus likes to have the last word. And on Friday, we reminded ourselves, and it was news to some people, which is great that they were here to hear it, that the last three words that Jesus said on the cross, you choose your last words carefully. He didn't say, oh, uh, what's for lunch? No, they weren't, they weren't the last three words. He said, you choose your words carefully when you know they're your last words. And His last words were three very simple, very powerful words. It is finished. And He drew His last breath and He died. But that wasn't the end of the story because death didn't have the last word. Jesus had the last word. Because on Sunday, he came out of the tomb, still breathing. See, the statement, it is finished, was a statement of finality, was a statement of closure. But it was closure as far as it related to yours and my separation from God. It is finished, no more. You can now have access to the Father. The separation, it is finished. But while that was the last word, while that was the end on Friday, it was just the beginning because of what happened on Sunday. Jesus didn't say to Martha, I do resurrections. So where's Lazarus? Here, it's on my business card. He didn't even say, I will do a resurrection of myself. He said, I am the resurrection, which all you English scholars out there know is present tense, continuous tense. I am the resurrection. That doesn't end ever. And if you follow me, if you believe in me, your life doesn't end either, ever because I get to have the last word. I'll tell you when it's done. I'll tell you when it's finished. It ain't over till I say it's over. But Mike Tyson used to say before he got soft, Jesus is not gonna get soft. Right, Jordan? Hmm, 70 swole. <laughs> I am the resurrection. Dead things don't stay dead when the resurrection walks in the room. And so my invitation to you, all of you, regulars, first time guests alike, is just to think about, what if this is true? Like that animated video said, it's a game changer. Because here's the deal. 
Real smart guy came up with this very simple explanation. I'm gonna finish with this. Every single world religion has baked into it an idea that, that we want to get closer to God. It's about what we do. It's about how many candles we can light, how many things we can repeat, how many traditions we can rack up, how many crystals we can hang. It's about do. And if we do enough, maybe, just maybe, we'll get to the other side and get to experience God. All other religions are spelt D-O, do. It's about what we do to try and bridge the chasm to the other side. Christianity is the only world religion where the distance between us and God, where the bridge between us and God, where the construction project started from God's side of the chasm by sending His Son, Jesus. Every other world religion is spelled D-O. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. It is finished. Your separation is finished if you put your trust in Jesus. Though you die, you will live. And even those who live will never die. Jesus died so we wouldn't have to. And I wanna give you an opportunity right here, right now to put your trust in Jesus. Jesus actually went around while He was on the earth saying to people, come follow me. Not just believe in me, but actually follow me. We wanna give you an opportunity right now to follow Him if you've never made that decision before. And all I wanna do in a moment is for you to slip your hand up and you say, God, that's me today on this Resurrection Sunday. I wanna experience you, the resurrection and your resurrection power in my life. So real quickly, as I'm looking around the room, if you put your hands up, those of you that have never said, yes, Jesus, I put my trust in you, just put your hand up. When I see your hand, you can put it down. I don't wanna miss anybody. 